Uh, my son's new favorite toy is a leaf blower. A leaf blower. <laughs> okay. Uh, he doesn't want to use it. He no, wants it's it. It's too bad. That would be effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to do chores. No, he likes it when you take the leaf blower and you blow it into his face. Nice. <laughs> like full force, like full oh, on yeah. leaf blower? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like okay. his cheeks <laughs> flapping <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's squealing at the light. And All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith to Beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Pastor Jim Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCart. Um, Whoa. Wow. Pastor wow. Cassandra Nagel. Elise yeah. yeah. should be so honored. <laughs> no, it's second nature to say these things. Uh, and not Elise McCarter, Pastor Cassandra Nagel. There it instead. is. Hello, yes. people of the future. All right. All right. Uh, we're Elise coming is to off you. gallivanting somewhere. Yeah, I think in Big Bend. Yeah, oh, Big okay. Bend. Mm-hmm. We're coming to you post-Thanksgiving. Well, pre post. Well, we're recording pre, yeah. but it's coming post. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hope did, you had a great one. Did the Cowboys win? God willing. Okay. So no. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing Washington, so they shouldn't have a problem. So All right, real quick before we before we get started, I've got an Instagram poll up here for our youth program. Oh, okay. And Are uh, these the animals that we've been uh, wondering about? No, no, no. That's oh. that's come and gone. Okay. This is Thanksgiving. That was last week's. So I'm going to get your opinion here. <laughs> yeah. The game is played it or hate it. Okay. I'll give you a Thanksgiving item. You played it or you hate it. Okay. Ooh. All right. Deal. You're, you're with me? Played it, I'm assuming, means put it on your plate and eat it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. okay. I just want to be. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Context here. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm hip with the lingo. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's a nice rhyme. Ham. Played it. I mean, sure, but it's not really a Thanksgiving. Me- that's fine. I'll eat it. If it's there, I'll eat it. Yeah. Team played it. Over, th- over turkey all the way. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's fine. Yeah. I said I'd eat it. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Cream spinach. Ooh, plate it. Mm, I'm gonna need some more ingredients list on this cream spinach. It's just cream spinach. There's, the, there's a bowl of cream spinach on the table. You mm, plate it, you hate it. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> just think of it as like spinach artichoke dip, but less but artichokey. Okay, no, I'm gonna tell you also that, less cheesy. I'm gonna tell you this right now. As currently, ham is the most plated item on my list here. Okay. Wow. And cream spinach. Is my most hated item on okay, the list. Over. There you we go. got the two extremes immediately. Yeah, only ten percent of our poll perf- would plate cream spinach, and one said it w- she accidentally hit the wrong button. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, it a, is it a texture thing for you? Like, because it's just, it's not a texture thing. I just don't want it. This, yeah. Okay. This is nothing about you know, like like really good cream spinach with like really well seasoned and all like well this yeah, maybe, this could be the best cream spinach you've ever eaten in your whole life. I'm assuming. What if this not. is coming from like a steakhouse? I'm assuming. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna tell this. you the, the problem with this. Is the word creamed? I'm just not into any creamed vegetable. Creamed corn, ugh, no. Really? Yeah, not into it. Oh, man. Uh, what else we got? Green bean casserole. Yes. Plate, Plate it. it. Plate it up. It was 50 50. I. It's fine. <laughs> that's what you say about every Thanksgiving food. So that's, I would pat, pro- that's I, Patrick's response. For, for you... the sake of control, I will be a hate it. I think it. I, I, plain green beans, I think, are better. So. Are you the person who was telling me the other day, like, if we really thought green bean casserole was so good, then we wouldn't just eat it on Thanksgiving? This is absolutely was that pa- you or was that somebody else? 100%. Yeah. One, Which I think is quite an interesting insight, it's cheap, right? It's easy to make. You could have any time. Yeah. And nobody has it in March. Like, if we're not <laughs> eating it on yeah. a regular basis, then maybe it says more yeah. about our kind of. Yeah, okay. Here we go. For tradition. Moving on. Pumpkin pie. I played it. Wow. Okay. Pumpkin pie is the most plated for me. If it's just all pies and desserts, I'm in. I eat pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. Do you prefer sweet Because I pie? feel obligated to. I do. Pecan? So I didn't grow up eating pecan pie, but I, I do like it. pecan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on where part of the state you live in. Yeah. All right. Uh, stuffing. Plate it. Oh, yeah. Plate it. I'd plate it. Yeah. I think stuffing's pretty good. 
Uh, sweet potato Ooh. casserole. Played it. Probably played it, but depends on the sweet potato. Ca- not all sweet potato casseroles are made the same. Does your picture have the little baby marshmallows on top? It does marshmallows on it. Yes. Hard pass with the marshmallows. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm closer to hate it than I am to play it, but I probably would probably eat it. Yeah, because you, Cause got, like, you got it in some of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, ambrosia salad. Don't even know what that is. Ambrosia, it's like various fruits in whipped cream oh, basically that's an, yeah, yeah. I, I you like, can get it at a lot of like barbecue joints actually. i like fruits and whipped cream sure I'm no i don't it. like it no, mostly it. because i can't eat pineapple and it's there's usually pineapple and ambrosia can't eat pineapple i'm allergic to pineapple oh this is important information to have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I'm tropical uh, no tropical fruit for me i'm hate it looks weird <laughs> oh all right I mean, it's one of those things where like once cover, it starts to go bad like or if you leave it out oh you know, you okay. got to eat it fresh out of the fridge. Sure, but like fruit and ripped cream. That's w- one, of our, uh, one of our moms who voted did tell me that in Minnesota, this is just salad. <laughs> 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 it's not a dessert. That's, right. that's, that's a salad. That's a side salad. Yeah. That's, that's your, your starter course. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Uh, dark meat turkey. Played, Played it. it. No, hate it. What? Yeah. He hates all forms of turkey. That's fine. That's, yeah. It's so, so dry. Dark meat turkey is is moister than regular meat turkey. Or regular. Well, dark meat's always, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. White meat is also what we no. call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Already established team ham. All right. Uh, corn pudding. Uh, yeah, I played it. I don't know what corn pudding is. It's usually like uh, kind of... F- <laughs> is it like cornbread? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like cornbread, but if cornbread were like a fudgier texture... Like, is a, there, like a wet cornbread. <laughs> are there chunks of corn in it? Often. Okay, I try it. It's kind of like a halfway point between cornbread and uh, cream corn. It's like if okay. they met in the middle. I don't know. I'm one of those people where like... <laughs> the more you describe it, the less, the, like the least appetizing. It, usually it's in a mold too, if that helps. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I'm one of those people where like I put everything on my plate because I don't want any of the things to feel bad. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, corn. Yeah, sure. Why not? Just corn pudding? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Corn pudding, oh, yeah. abomination. <laughs> God, God hates corn pudding. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. What else we got? And lastly, cranberry sauce. Played it. Uh, it needs to be the right kind of cranberry sauce. Like from the can? No, not from the can. You don't <laughs> like canned cranberry sauce? No, I don't. Just need cranberry Jello in a can. I need like real cranberry oh, sauce. But I'll, I'll play. Ocean real Spray did sauce. a whole article about why it's canned upside down and things like that. Very fascinating actually fascinating or like <laughs> i thought it was interesting okay. i didn't know what was the reason i don't know well see now uh, <laughs> hate it and i like cranberries a lot yeah yeah but just don't get it what is it doing on that plate i, I, don't I think it's it cool gives you acidity for all of the like heavy things on your plate do that breaks up the fattiness yeah yeah just, just don't, don't get it why is it there <laughs> Salt, i like acid, that fat, heat, i like that cranberries are naturally gelatinous so they make their own jello as you cook them i think that's fun <laughs> All right, speaking of food, let's get to our new story. That was just our game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, two things. An aperitif, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All Wait, is right. that the thing that comes after? I never remember. I don't I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the acronym was. Not an acronym. Aperitif is like a word in another language. So I thought you said FRT. <laughs> no, and I was like, a- I don't know what that is. <laughs> the aperitif, yeah. Oh, no. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I think don't that speak might French. that might be the uh, little drink that you drink afterward. No, that's the digestif. That's dope. So yeah, I think we're good. That was the aperitif. Good. I'm yeah. glad you're killing time because I I lost my news story. So other French <laughs> words that Pastor David doesn't know. Let's see. Bonjour. Well, I as, guess you. All right. That while we're there, while there, how you feel about um, all you can eat? Restaurants, like places. in general. Yeah, I like. Sure, maybe. I don't know. I'm, my family does not frequent all you can eat restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. You like to only eat a certain amount? No, my family just has had bad experiences Ah. with like getting sick from them. Sure, sure, sure. So 
we yeah, yeah typically in really you can eat you're paying for quantity yeah. and not quite so much quality yeah I, listen, I know the value that I'm getting. I'm, you know, yeah. it's a risk, and I'm willing to take it. That's fine. Yeah, unless it's you're going to like a Brazilian steakhouse, maybe that's sure. a, maybe that's a good, you know, the, the the Venn diagram of quality and quantity. Yeah. It's kind Overlap of in the middle. There, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although but you have to be willing more, to pay for it. It's more yeah. expensive, yeah, yeah, than like CC's or something like that, or but mm-hmm. or Chinese buffet. Yeah. All right. See, um, see you later. Yes. Uh, TikTok here made mm-hmm. for Olive Garden. Now they have their unlimited pasta. Have you ever yeah. gotten the unlimited pasta yeah. at Olive Garden? The unlimited pasta bowl. I have yeah. gotten this before. Yeah. It's, uh, you cannot eat as much pasta as you think you can. It's not that great of a Yeah, I've got a follow-up article here. <laughs> Somebody calculated <laughs> how much pasta should you have to eat to really make this work. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, sure, wow. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have never gotten the unlimited pasta before because I, I don't really love pasta. It's fine. So I don't want to just shovel as much pasta it, yeah. into my face as <laughs> I possible. would eat all the pasta in the world if I were physically capable of it. Yeah. Okay, but here's a question. And yeah. this is from a TikTok user here. Oh, good. You order the unlimited pasta bowl. Yeah. Are you allowed to share that? No. Yeah. Like that, uh, Read the fine print in the menu. That'd be like going to a buffet and being like, I'm just getting one, and then walking through and getting plates for everybody in your family. Like, that's not how buffets work. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, is, this re- is this somebody, like, actually think you should be allowed to order one and get it for everybody? Yeah, it's a TikTok here. You know, it's, you know they say, I paid for my meal. Let me do what I want with it. Nope. Uh, uh, yeah. Obviously, you order just a pasta. Do whatever you want with it. Sure, but if you're ordering the unlimited food. pasta, yeah, unlimited for one person. And and Olive Garden does kind of clearly kind of state that's that's what you got to do. Yeah, I feel like I also read an article about someone who brought like a Ziploc baggie mm. and was dumping their plates of pasta into the baggie to, solid to take home. Yeah. Right. So yeah. in that case, it was still one person. Still, but, pro- probably not. But legit. still, yeah. not the most kind of. Uh, in, in response, to there have been dinner. TikToks made of people filling up t- 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 Ziploc yeah. bags okay. or Tupperware, okay. you know, to take home. Yeah. You know, a purse, you know, hollowed out, I guess, with a Ziploc yeah. in there to just yeah. shovel this pasta in there. Sure. It's kind of like the opposite form of going into a movie theater with your own snacks, you know, like sure. you're sneaking <laughs> in your own snacks you're versus sneaking out your, sneaking your, out your yeah, you know, like baggie it. of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they've been giving away free bread for years, so if you want the free things, just take the bread. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Take as much bread as you want. Yeah. Or and salad. I notoriously, when- And soup. I, I haven't frequented Olive Garden for a while, but when I was in college, we used to go a lot because there was one close to campus, and we would always like have our meal, and then we'd ask for another round of bread and <laughs> throw our bread in with whatever leftovers we had. Like, <laughs> of course, yeah. 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 yeah uh, I'm not into the- I need to go to Olive Garden, get a Neverland bowl, and fill up a hollowed-out purse yeah. <laughs> filled that's with a, that's not your jam. Ziploc yeah, yeah. bags filled with microwaved pasta. I'm just not all that exciting about that. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, but we do have a woman on TikTok mm-hmm. also broke down. How many bowls would you have to eat in order to make the never-ending pasta financially worth it? What's the what's the going rate for the never-ending pasta bowl right now? Okay, it is $14. That's not a bad price. Pl- but... Mm. Do you want protein in that pasta? Oh, how much do I have to pay for protein? I think an extra four cool. per per bowl. No, just total, just off the top. Wow. Okay, so let's call let's call it eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars. I, I probably want protein in my pasta. yeah for sure. Spaghetti I mean, meatballs, you know. Yeah, yeah meatballs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because what are you getting if it's not pro? You know, I guess it's all like Alfredo sauce. Yeah, and then that's definitely not worth it. No, because like it, pasta just, is like nothing. Just sauce and pasta. That's not the point. Yeah, you got to have the accoutrement. Okay, so how many bowls of never-ending pasta? Let me add, how many bowls of never-ending pasta could you eat? 
Uh, I don't remember how big the bowls are that they serve. <laughs> you know, a normal bowl size. Just think about that. I'd yeah. probably do two to two and a half. Oh my gosh, yeah. I couldn't even eat one. <laughs> no, that's assuming that I didn't eat all the bread before the pasta bowl ever came. <laughs> For sure, yeah. That would slow me down. Um, she breaks it down and says like she bought all the ingredients kind of on a... There's websites out there like, yeah. if you like this, it's how you to make it at home. Sure, sure. And that was $28 of ingredients and that kind of made four bowls. Okay. Hmm. You know. So it's pretty reasonably priced if you know you're making so, four bowls for yeah. So she, you know, the but if you are $18 for one bowl, you know, how many you got Yeah, but look at what I can buy a beer for versus what they charge me a beer for. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that's markup and overhead and all yeah. the things. Yeah. So so she, she yeah, she surmises you probably have to eat like three and a half or so bowls to really make this worth it. I think her math is off. Well, yeah, I think you have to assume too like Well, well they, the the word on the street here is subsequent bowls of your never-ending pasta are smaller than the first bowl, too. Well, sure. Ooh. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know. I think part of the issue is with them being a restaurant chain, I mean, I'm sure they can buy dried Food pasta cheaper than she bulk, can. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if she's yeah. if she's getting it for, you know, a certain price they're at the grocery store, they're that, probably yeah. getting it for less. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, and it comes pre-made and they just warm it up. So, like, Mr. Sassy okay. Pants over here. Look, Olive Garden is not making their own pasta back there, okay? They don't say they're making their own pasta. That's dried pasta. Yeah, that's yes. fine. That's, yeah. <laughs> Look, that sauce is coming in a bag and they're throwing it in boiling water. It's not a microwave. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not, I agree, not the pasta sauce. The bread's probably just been microwaved. <laughs> it's delicious either way. <laughs> at least put it in an oven. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't uh, get those crisp as it is. But I think we're all, we're all on the same page, right? Like, if you go to order. A buffet. That's yeah. your plate. There, there is no other page to this. Anybody that's on the other page is just lost. Like they just have. They're, <laughs> sure. They're not even in the book anymore. I don't know where they've gone. Yeah. yeah. I like the sharing is caring mentality, but this is not sharing. This is stealing. This <laughs> yeah. is different. Sure, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're in a Robin Hood situation and you're like stealing from the rich to give to the poor, then we can have a conversation. That's not what happens when you go to Olive Garden for the never-ending possible. <laughs> my my father-in-law did see a fight break out at a Chinese buffet once. Yeah? yeah. Was it over whether or not they could share a plate? Kind of. <laughs> or like the last egg roll in the container Ooh. or something? Well, well, there you could get a to-go buffet, which is Ooh. like one container and then you fill it up with whatever you want and okay. leave. And one patron was filling it up with like crab legs and it was like, overflowing <laughs> from their plate there's and, like, no effort trying, to close it and trying to shove it and then another patron got into a fight with them that they were stealing too many crab legs from the, <laughs> the owners of the chinese wow. buffet and it was quite heated a patron wow. stepping up to defend the establishment that's impressive you know i guess if you like your chinese buffet location you don't want it to go out of business because it's losing, somebody, yeah. it's losing out on crab legs yeah you know? crab yeah. legs especially <laughs> like that's quite a them tasty eats yeah. yeah there you go so I've uh, I've yet to see the fight at the buffet, you know. I bet we could make that happen. Yeah. You just got to spend more time around buffets. You don't you can't possibly yeah. have to wait that long, right? That's <laughs> I don't mind, you know, going to, you know, a buffet, but yeah. you know, it really is, I, I'm not I'm not a big enough eater that I really am feeling like I'm getting my money's worth, sure. right? Like So, I will say one of my greatest buffet experiences of all time uh, after a cr- uh, track meet, some uh, friends and I went to a CC's pizza and it was like 45 minutes till they were going to close and the manager was like listen because it was like eight of us he's like listen guys we won't charge you anything but we're not cooking any new pizzas I'm like done <laughs> we just wow. went through and, yeah ate for free and cleaned out the place that was, nice. that was great all right let's jump into our our main article here we go on accountability 
for my friends irrelevant. I think we need to hold Olive Garden accountable to their yeah. possible size. No, I'm, I think they're, yeah, maybe on the possible size, but hold their TikTok users on their. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. On their stealing pasta. Yeah. Uh, what Christians get wrong about accountability. I'm guessing most of it, if relevance history of article naming is any <laughs> indication. Yeah. Uh, relevant likes to ask a question in their, yeah. in their thing. What we get wrong. Absolutely nothing. We're doing it great. Yeah. <laughs> It's yet to be an article it's that we found. It's not a very <laughs> interesting article. Yeah. All right. Um, first up, what's uh, what's accountability? What's, <laughs> what is Christian accountability? Oh, what is Christian Ooh. accountability? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, accountability in its uh, most basic form is, right, how are we keeping each other responsible to, you know, how are we holding the TikTok user accountable for their behavior, right? And uh, saying sure. whatever you imply or put out in the world. Uh, what kind of guardrails do you have up to keep you in line with a particular plan or a way of living, whatever that might That's a kind of general accountability yeah. uh yeah what do you think what do you think about uh more christian uh specific accountability yeah i think about you know kind of the phrase accountability partners sure. right that's become oh, yeah. more trendy recently and so it's, i was having you know, accountability partners in high oh school. you're gonna been get trendy a, for years <laughs> you're gonna you know get a buddy and you're yep. both going to kind of check in on each other right so there's this yep. kind of mutuality right we're going to be accountability buddies and we're going to read one chapter from the bible mm-hmm. every day and then we're going to text each other that night and and make sure that we've done what we've committed to right so yeah. i mean even our confirmation kids a couple of weeks ago they you know one of our small groups made the commitment that every day by 9 p.m they were going to pray the lord's prayer and so yeah. you know by the way all of the groups were supposed to commit oh, to I, do that oh yes. i didn't know i <laughs> i only am part of one small group i didn't know uh-huh. if the other and so they were sharing last yeah. week about like like how some of them would forget and then at 842 you know they're like oh i gotta do the lord's prayer and, nice. you know and so that's awesome you know they at least did it more yeah than once. you know yeah. so it's so it's you know <laughs> they gave it another there's thought. that yeah. shared anxiety amongst the group of that's right. you know, yeah, yeah. we've all made the commitment and if you know kind of peer pressure almost like i know these other people are doing this so yeah maybe i should do it too so yeah i, I think in its purest form like what it's intended to be is right as how do we hold each other accountable how do we how do we keep each other uh in line with a particular intention for our life right i have a goal and so i want someone to help me achieve that goal and so how do i have a coach or a training buddy or whatever that might be right how do i do that in the world of faith and accountability partners is kind of what we've come up to do that with yeah yeah Yeah, uh i know it's come a little bit on the news our new speaker of the house mr mike johnson yeah it came out that him and his son are accountability partners to one another uh and Based on like internet usage and things like that, um, and so you know, obviously, a lot of people in the world think like that's a little weird, and maybe they're right. But in reality, yeah. in the Christian circles, it's not that weird. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like in reality, like that's kind of how things go. Maybe, maybe it's like weird, like your accountability partner when it comes to like internet proper internet usage, yeah. being your father or your son. Yeah. That might be a little odd. Yeah, sure. you know, like but <laughs> there are a the lot of things about this that might be weird itself. But yeah is very churchy right like it's you know there are plenty of even like apps out there Mm -hmm. when it comes to like phone or internet usage that are Mm -hmm. kind of virtual accountability partners where Mm -hmm. i download this app it monitors everything i look at my phone and then it sends it to somebody in my circle yeah and they they, they get to know what am i looking at yeah you know this is what aa does with sponsors too right it's the same idea that uh, you have there you have a a partner a buddy somebody who typically one account well in my sense, the best accountability partners are one where one is more like a mentor yes. than like, you know, blind leading the blind, but somebody who has some experience and some wisdom. This is mm-hmm. how sponsorships uh, in AA work as well, right? And yeah. somebody who's been sober for longer and can help you walk through challenges and things that you're going to face as you do this difficult thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes in my accountability journey, mm. my, you know, 
in church e plus would have been a, a peer, you know, yeah. like then that that's kind of recipe for disaster, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how your Bible reading accountability went. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. All right, let's jump into our article here by Jason Bradley. I don't like it. He has two first names. That's a strike one and two, frankly. Wow. Yes. Jason's also with a Y. What? <laughs> yeah. So, wow. Yeah, there you go. So. Shots fired. Bradley also with a Y, but that makes more yeah, sense. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but the Y's in a weird place. <laughs> that's the new uh, clickbait. You'll never expect where he puts this Y. <laughs> Okay, uh, he says, accountability has been a focus of many groups I've been a part of over the years. We gather sure. together to hold each other accountable to the gospel's high calling and to share our failures with each other so we could encourage each other to do better. Uh, so this would be, you know, an accountability group. Does ring mm-hmm. solid or, you know, at least somewhat familiarity? Uh, definitely some familiarity. This particular version of it screams work ri- works righteousness to me, yeah. which is uh, this... Uh, theological concept particularly within lutheranism that says like oh if i just do this right then i will be a, a better christian a, a more faithful more loved by god whatever that might be and that, so the the way that he's describing it kind of screams that to me but yeah yeah i think yeah i think the hard thing that, just, yeah. the hard thing for me with this is that i don't know it's just uh, to openly share our failures with each other is fine sure. um but there's so many other ways in which we can have account accountability partners in positive like reflecting positive practices too right i think about like if you want to run a marathon like you're so much more likely to make it to running that marathon if you have somebody that you are you know running with or that is also aspiring for that goal right and like the idea of exercising is you know i wouldn't say a failure by any chance right so it's hard for me that we focus you know well, primarily think, on, on our failures, right? I think that's going to be his point, right? Is that this is what most Christian accountability looks like. And as the article implied, right? There are lots of things that we're sure. getting wrong about sure. it. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he says, like, there's something wrong with, you know, accountability, and it's a healthy part of many relationships, but the problem is when it becomes synonymous with relationship. Mm. Uh, and so he's going to discuss some of the ways that, you know, Christians can do this wrong. All right, uh, so number one, uh, spiritual growth becomes about what I don't do. Spiritual growth becomes about what I don't do? Yes. So I, like all of the things that I abstain from? is that Correct. The, okay. Yeah. So spiritual growth is because I didn't uh, go to that website this week, or I didn't yes. have that drink, or I didn't talk to that person, or I, whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. That's, I grew because I did those things. Yes. Hmm. Okay. What do we think about this? I mean, I think there are some things that are good to not do that might be a part of your spiritual growth, but I don't think that should be the only measure of how we are growing in spirit. Jewel. <laughs> spiritualness yeah yeah um i mean he, he will kind of point out that like you know a lot of jesus parables are focused a lot on good left undone versus bad that is done mm-hmm. and it's hard to have accountability over like what are things you could have done differently or what are things like what are opportunities to be kind gracious you know loving in this world that you ignored or or like Mm, glanced mm -hmm. over that becomes a much harder thing to hold yourself to it's easier to kind of have a checklist of like if i didn't do blank this week then i'm growing spiritually and you could be not doing any of those things and not growing spiritually at all yeah you know like it could just be like well your willpower this week was pretty great and and some weeks it's not Yeah. yeah yeah so i think you easily could be you know, a young Christian man in an accountability group who is uh, resisting looking at pornography, you know, accountability partner, 
and yet find yourself further away from Jesus than when you started. Sure. Even though you're doing, you know, what we'd all say, like healthier living sure. uh, because of you, you kind of equate following Jesus by avoiding sin. Yeah. And I think that that is not what the Christian life is about. It's not, you know, obviously avoiding sin is a part of it, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of people who avoid sin who are not closer to Jesus sure. than, um, than by those, you know, there are plenty of alcoholics and addicts out there that can be incredibly close to Jesus in the midst of, yeah. of you know, what we would might consider moral failing. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, spiritual growth becomes something I achieve through grit and determination. Mm, if I just do more, just try harder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. If I believed more, it would have um, been easier. Yeah. Or if I had better belief, right? Or, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I, I think this one comes up. Uh, I hear this one so much in like grief and stuff like that, right? Like if I just believed more, I wouldn't be so sad about this. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, or I've heard ugh, pastors who have in like sermons said like, don't grieve, don't cry, because we, you know, if you cry, it means you don't believe that this person's with mm-hmm. Jesus or whatever. I was like, that that's just ridiculous. It's yeah. denying the reality of the, the situation that we're facing. And uh, and the fact that we have emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think there is, mm, there's a place uh, for uh, thinking that allows us to, uh, that allows us to, to enter into that conversation differently. This just doesn't seem like it's going in a healthy or helpful direction. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. I, you know, in the kind of the example we said, like, you know, like, okay, I want to give up. And he used the example of smoking. I think mm-hmm. that's a good one. I'm giving up smoking. I see this thing, and I use grit and determination to kind of give up smoking. And then it's easy not only to think, like, that gets me closer to Jesus, but I think it's easy to now, in the midst of that, to now what's taken place of smoking in my life is a level of pridefulness mm-hmm. and self-reliance that has kind of crept in uh, to say like, look what I have done and look what I could do. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the same way that um, we found ourselves on our first point, spiritual growth becomes what I don't do. We might find ourselves, you know, might find yourself in a worse off position because you're unaware of pride, even kind of being, you know, kind of this primary, like you're like, I knew smoking was bad when I was engaged in it, but pride, you know, can be this subtle, much more subtle and much more, insidious because you know mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the more prideful you are sometimes the less you can even see it yeah. um and so i think that can be kind of this one area where like through my grit and determination yeah. i overcame one you know sin only to find myself in the throes of a stronger sin yeah. <laughs> you know like i think it's, it's very possible in in these kind of straight accountability or that's the point yeah. of the christian relationship yeah i think that some of us are more uh inclined to one of these than another right i think some of us are just naturally inclined to be like the overachiever who says if i just work harder uh, i can accomplish this thing right i think that's uh, some of the ways that we just naturally experience the world and so this might not be your experience with accountability and it might not be your struggle with accountability but i think it is uh one that uh one that we can all deal with at different times and um to different degrees yeah Yeah. Brene brown had a video that i saw on instagram reels like a true young adult who doesn't mm-hmm. have TikTok. Love it. And uh, she was talking about how specifically for like moms with young kids, how they 
she was inviting them to resist saying yes to cooking cookies for a bake sale, for example. Like if the room mom asks you to make cookies for a bake sale tomorrow and you say yes because you feel like you have to because it's what makes you a good mom, etc. And then you go home and you are angry with your children and angry for saying yes. And, you know, while you are baking said cookies, then, yeah. you know, in doing this, you know, what is perceived as a good thing on the outside is actually not yeah. positive for your own kind of emotional health it's not positive for your relationship with your children yeah. right like and so there's just you know kind of weighing right like what does it mean to kind of you know is are we spiritually growing when we like grit our teeth through situations that we think sure. we're you know obligated to be part of and, sure. and yeah. things like that yeah and are you just preventing uh the room mom or whoever that might be that asked you last minute from yeah. growing in their own journey of right. you know creating a schedule and asking yeah. people in a reasonable amount yeah. of time right yeah. but yeah if uh, if you always if they always get the result that they need by putting other people in bad situations, sure. right? And yeah, but it takes it takes a real level of uh, self differentiation, which is something we've talked about when we talked about systems and stuff mm -hmm. like that, right? A real ability to know who you are separately from other people. Mm -hmm. It takes a real strong level of that to be able to make that distinction to be like, I am going to be comfortable enough knowing that you'll be angry at me for this, sure. but that this will be a better decision for me and my family. That's a hard place to be. Yeah. All right. Point number three. Let's do it. We. We're trained to see love as monitoring each other. Oof. I think this one's a, this one's a good point. He spends yeah. the it least time kind of working on it, unfortunately, but I think this is a good one. It's a very yeah. good one. Yeah. It feels like 1982. Do you guys read that uh, book, Once Upon a Time? I have, yeah. Yeah. Elise, Elise. Oh my you, gosh, you got me doing today. Like, Pastor Sandra is giving me that look. Yeah. Elise uh, should be so honored that her presence is just in this right. room, yeah. even though <laughs> I think it's 1984. I made a face because I think the book is 1984. That, that yeah. does sound right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Fine. 1984. Have you I was read, just I, confused. I didn't know what 1982 Did you read 1984? Was. I did. I did okay, read yeah. it in school. It George has, Orwell, I believe. Yeah. It yeah. has that feel to it, right? I'm like, yeah. You've always got to be watching everybody. And that's how Big you actually, brother. that's how you actually care for one another. We do this for your protection. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, my like gaydar goes off with this and it's like you know when i read this i'm like because people will go up to someone who they suspect is gay and uh -huh. say like i you know i'm worried that you are living in sin and because i love you i'm telling you Oof. that you are condemned if yeah. you continue in this right like what Yikes. i hear in this is like the only way you can love people is by calling out their sin explicitly and and drawing the line right where yeah. where god's love for you ends yes and mm. so i think that I, this resonates with me in the sense that I think that this is something that culturally has been part of the church for a long time. And I think it has saved a lot of people in the sense that like we should be looking out for each other. Yes. Right. And, but at the same time, I think the way in which we practice this sometimes mm -hmm. can be really painful and can actually push people away from the church and push people, you know, away from Jesus's love for them. Yeah. 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 In some ways this is like parenting, right. And all things. And I, I love my mother dearly. And if you're listening, mom, love you. And uh, this is not anything against you. But I remember like being a kid, my mom was terrified of heights. And we were hiking uh, in the, the Badlands, I believe, in South Dakota. And we we're on like this ridge and we we're going to go look out. Now there on the this trail, there's like these thin little metal things that guard the edge of the trail. And then there's like, I don't know, five, eight feet beyond that before you go off this cliff. Right. Nice. I was not allowed as like a 10, 11 year old, whatever I was, I was not allowed to leave the very center of the trail, right? Like this is where you walk. You don't go anywhere near the edge because you could, because my mom is terrified of heights, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a way in which she's looking out for me, but in such a, a, a way that I couldn't actually fully experience that space. And there's mm -hmm. a way to be present and to look out for one another um, 
in which we're not doing that, where we're still giving people the freedom to explore and live, but we're also being cautious and being like, hey, how how is this affecting you? What's the challenge? And this is you know the, the parenting conversation that I hear now all the time, like asking your kids to think through, uh, to think through the results of their consequences or the consequences of their actions, rather than just like making the decision for them, giving sure. them the opportunity to think through it. And it's a lot harder to do. And there are plenty of times that I can look back and say, my mom definitely did that too. I don't want to say, yeah, that, yeah. You know, but this is one particular experience that sticks out in my head where, yeah, we have to give people that space. So how do we do that? Uh, what you're describing, Pastor Cassandra, where you're looking out for one another, mm-hmm. but you're actually looking out for one another. You're not trying to surveil one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, nobody likes the watchdog at the party. Sure. <laughs> telling everybody that they're <laughs> doing it wrong you yeah. know like it's just not that nobody likes that person and the church is i have often, found that to be true in my life the church has often found themselves to be that person in culture yeah. right and and i think like you know pastor you hit on this is not only are we that moral watchdog we disguise it or we claim it's out of love mm-hmm. and i think that is where we kind of get this we're claiming we're holding our culture or the world or our secular neighbors accountable out of love, and yet nobody really sees that as love, right? Yeah. Like nobody's like, "Thank you for doing that for me," mm-hmm. you know. And so, even if you're a Christian who thinks that, who thinks like, "Hey, I see my neighbor; they're engaging in har- behavior that I think is harming themselves, and I want to approach them in love by holding them to a standard that they did not agree to," you know, like. One, holding your own accountability partner to a standard that they agreed to. Maybe, you know, like, I think there could be at least a level of merit there. Yeah. But you're, you're yeah. holding to somebody who's like, I never agreed to that yeah. standard, mm-hmm. and yet I'm being held to it. That isn't something that's being done out of love. Yeah. Like, that's just not the way that that works. Um, so, you know, uh, if God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn it, he did not send you. You know, like, <laughs> why? I think, I think the hard thing for me, too, is that I see kind of this practice of love as monitoring each other embodied differently within church contexts and then kind of differently with the greater world, right? Like, I don't think there's a lot of people from Lord of Life, and thank God for this, that that go out and meet someone of another faith tradition and say, like, God has condemned you, right? Mm. I don't hear that from, and what's hard for me is that so many of our stories in scripture related to the ministry that Jesus did was about Jesus being in the midst of people who didn't believe the same thing that he did and who were considered, uh, you know, cursed or, or unclean or unholy or any of these kind of other standards. Mm -hmm. And so, right. But a lot of what Jesus was doing wasn't condemning them for those types of things. Right. And so, you know, when, you know, I, 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 I think it's just something for us to continue to kind of hold a mirror to. And I'm not a huge fan of the what would Jesus do kind of sure. tagline. Yeah. But I think to some extent, right, like, you know, if we look at ourselves in the mirror and think, like, did I engage with this person in a, in a way that reflects Jesus's love, right, and kind of reflects the actions that he has, you know, done, you know, in the midst of people who didn't, you know, act, think, believe, whatever, the same as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, or was I sort of acting out of my own pride or you know like sense of spiritual authority or like any of that kind of stuff yeah yeah Yeah. these are great 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 ideas let's let's keep moving since we're let's do it kind of getting out some here uh relationships require more than accountability 
Yes. The first line is a reference to the book, David, choosing accountability as the word that defines so many Christian relationships creates an Orwellian atmosphere. Ooh, there look at that. Go. Orwellian maybe that, atmosphere. Maybe that's why 1984 was in the brain. I might have subconsciously yeah, remembered yeah. that from my <laughs> glancing earlier. Yeah. You know, as, as a person at, at church who works often with our young people here, mm. you know, like, obviously my relationship with them is different than a relationship with an adult. Like, sure. we, have, we have a clearly defined, you know, uh, boundaries and yep. dynamic right yep. like i'm the authority figure they are not like yeah. it's clearly defined uh and you know based on age mm-hmm. job you know you know all these types of things so but you know when it comes to like and part of that clearly defined boundary i, I have to create boundaries for them you know like mm-hmm. and rules for them to follow and you know i always found like i am best at getting kids to like live within our boundaries and follow these guidelines that we're putting out there when i have the best relationships with them yeah uh, not the most clearly defined rules right yeah. like that's not or not i'm best at being this moral watchdog over them and making sure you know constantly bouncing them back into that you know the pathway that you mentioned uh to get them right it's whenever i'm with a group of kids that i have the best relationships with those are the easiest to deal with kind of like bad behavior yeah because they know they're loved they know they're protected they know they're cared about and so it's easier to go to them like what are you doing you know this is not how we operate here and they get it kids that i barely know or i don't have those same kind of relationship with those are harder to do those things with and it's not because our guidelines have changed but like my relationship when it's built on more than just rules looks different right like it looks better um just like when you think about what teachers did you love the most growing up never was the one with the best rules sure it was the ones with the best relationships like that's who you like the most you know that's just the reality so when relationships are all about rules i think you're gonna the church will fall yeah it's gonna falter on that but the boundary is also really important there right because if the relationship exists without any appropriate boundaries that's also going to you can go too far both ways, I guess is what sure. I'm saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the teachers who let you do whatever you want. Right. I think in the moment you might like those teachers most, but you don't yeah. look back on those teachers and say they changed my life. Yeah, that was great. Right? Like, yeah. like they, you, those, those teachers don't have that. Yeah. yeah. My friend Jason, who's a pastor, who I've mentioned, I think, on the podcast before, he was telling me Shout on out. Sunday. With, a, with I know. a Y? Ooh. No, there's he, no Y. His name is spelled names? normally. <laughs> no. <okay. laughs> But uh, he has a, he was telling me about church on Sunday and he had a, you know, eight year old boy who went into the kitchen and started rummaging through the fridge. And he was like, Hey dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't just rummage through the church's fridge. And then, you know, upon reflection, he realized like the only reason this child is rummaging through the fridge is because that's something that he does at home. Right. And like, he feels so comfortable in this church community, right. In Mm. the, in the Sunday school group, in, in that context that, he feels like he can do the same things at church than he can at home, right? Sure. And so even though there's this, you know, this clear rule, you know, unspoken rule that has been broken in rummaging through the church's fridge that is not supposed to be rummaged through, like, there is this kind of joy and this hope of, like, because we have this relationship where this child knows that they are loved, right, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Patrick, and knows that they are cared for, um, you know, we can redefine, you know, or provide clarity for what the expectations are in this community because we already have that that foundation, right? Yeah. Rather than a kid who's just come in and, you know, is terrified to engage with the with the Sunday school class. Sure, sure. Wait, so I'm hearing it's wrong to rummage for the church fridge. <laughs> 
Well, news to me, is all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, you gotta put your you gotta put your name on stuff in there, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we need spiritual friendships. This is the next point. Not just me saying that. That's his point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Patrick. <laughs> so, uh, do I need to go around now and be like, we have a spiritual friendship? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel like it? I need to define <laughs> the relationship with <laughs> all of my other Christian friends. Is spiritual friendship <laughs> supposed to be separate from accountability? Is that their point? Like. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, some of these are kind of easier to find than others and kind yeah. of just write up on, on it, yeah. I mean, I think we need people with whom we can talk about spirituality and faith and all of those things. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's not always in the context of like a uh, defined uh, accountability relationship, but I do, I, I don't disagree that we need spiritual friendships. I think what's interesting to me about this, and it's, you know, feels more evangelical to me, but like one of the gifts of a lot of the friendships that I had when I was in college were we hardly had a conversation where something that we were talking about didn't connect to our faith or have like explicit kind of conversation about Jesus or God in them. Mm. Right. And, you know, sometimes even in the church, I feel like we kind of can have these like pseudo spiritual conversations without specifically drawing in like our understanding of scripture or our wrestling with scripture or our, you know, kind of where we're at in our journey with God. So I think there is something to naming spiritual friendship, right? At least for me, it, it calls me into like continuing to reflect on how is God moving through this particular conversation? How is God informing me even when I'm doing quote unquote, like secular or non-religious things, right? Yeah. But like, how is everything that we do connected to our relationship with God and helping us to grow, but also hopefully helping the people around us to grow closer to God's love. Well, I think this is too, like if you're in like a Christian group, a Bible study, Mm -hmm. small group or whatever, and like, yeah, I need that group to be a group I can enjoy, follow up and have friendships with, not like the explicit understanding of like anything I say in this group is an invitation for you to be, hold me accountable Mm -hmm. or to like, you know, like that's just not what this group is like, Mm -hmm. like I think in the terms of even like the best version of Christian accountability, like both parties are signing up for it. And so if like, I'm going to a Bible study and I'm like, Hey, this was what we did. And they're like, well, you didn't do that. Right. Like I'm not signing up for that. Right. Like that's not the intended goal of this group or what I'm saying here is to be held accountable. Yeah. And so again, and I think in a, in a, the best version of accountability, there is kind of that, two-way street versus like i just said something and all of a sudden people are telling me like i didn't do it right yeah mm-hmm. you know that's just not obviously that's not what i'm interested in you know that's not what many people are interested in they're just looking for a real spiritual connection sure yeah i think the hard thing too is uh, especially as we kind of understand more about like mental health and the way that you know trauma from our childhood or whatever continues in our bodies and in our like minds right the <laughs> Sometimes like we can reflect on the spiritual components of the the things that we're going through, but there's also times when like perhaps we are not the best or most qualified person to provide that type of care. You know, I think about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. addiction or when someone's struggling with depression or anxiety, like there are ways in which we can certainly, you know, sure. draw from scripture and, and uh, invite folks right to kind of grow in their relationship. But I think there's also a component to, to a spiritual friendship, which says like the best way that I can love you is to send you to someone else who is qualified to have these types of conversations sure. and not sort of put on hats that I'm not, you know, in the best place to wear. Uh, his last point, it's all about trust. It's all about trust? Trust. Yeah. Trust. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that comes back to the mutuality that you uh, yeah. uh, hinted at earlier on, right? That it's it's something in which I trust you enough to ask you to hold me accountable to this and vice versa, right? Sure. It's, a, it's a mutual experience because we have that uh, relationship built on trust, in which case I want you to hold me accountable to this thing. It's not just I'm thrusting this need for accountability onto you, so I'm going to hold you accountable to something you never asked for. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, you know, when you enter into that kind of that that the deepest or, you know, again, approaching an accountability partner or accountability group from the most pure standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're approaching it with like, I will share things that I, either by the standards of this group or the standards of my own life or the standards of Jesus fail in. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying these things trusting that I'm still loved, valued, and accepted sure. within yeah. this group. And I think when we're sharing these things uncertain if I'm loved, valued, and accepted, then I don't. I think the accountability group or the accountability partner or whatever going on has failed in, on a level, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I think getting to that level where you can say, like, uh, I am saying this, and I know that this group will still take care of me, you know. And again, in its purest form, you know, is somebody you know at a AA group saying, like, I've been sober for five years and I went off the wagon this weekend, and the group responds with grace instead of judgment mm-hmm. right instead of you could have done better yeah. or why did you do that look at all the progress you had and look at your failure you know like look at how you let down all of us your family yourself you know i think that that doesn't necessarily lead people to greater levels of like grace and freedom in their yeah. Own lives yeah um so i think in that trust it's i have to be able to you know in the pierce form trust my accountability group with everything i'm saying and I have to trust that they're going to love me in the midst of it. And that's a challenge. And I don't think you get there without those spiritual friendships, without mm-hmm. kind of having kind of like, in, in a sense, practicing before you reach that level, right? You don't just like show up and be like, hey, guys, it's my first day here. Here's my junk. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. or maybe it's safer to do it for your first day there because like, what do you have to lose, right? Like, yeah, you know, sure. Nobody likes you. Well, see ya. <laughs> and then you just peace out. I think another yeah. component of it for me is that I- – you know, we realize that we're not perfect people. And so, you know, that group or that accountability partner isn't always going to respond with that grace. Right. And so I think too, for there to be that, that trust that you can say it really hurt me the way that you responded to me when I shared this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can, you know, and so I think kind of being able to lean into that component of, I don't know, conflict doesn't even seem seem like the right word, but sure. just, yeah. I mean, to be fully transparent, right? And so for there to be that trust that even when we name the ways in which we have been hurt by a member of our kind of accountability partner or group, that that we can still hold on to that love that we have for each other and sure. and move on together, right? We're all on the same team. It's not sort of an adversarial type of, of relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All good. All right. There you go. There's what they're just doing wrong about accountability. Yeah. Accountability groups yeah. or partners. Yeah. I do think accountability is important. Yeah, I think oh, so yeah. too. I think that, and it just, you know, we have to do it with the right spirit. Now I'm just thinking about the Count. What's his name from Sesame Street? The Count. The Count. The Count. <laughs> ah, yeah. ah, ah. I know. One accountability partner. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's got good Count ability. Ah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> One terrible joke. When in joke. doubt, ah, you've got ah, the Count. Ah. <laughs>
two terrible Patrick jokes. <laughs> Only two in one episode? That's pretty good. All right? <laughs> it's just, uh, hold me accountable, right? Like, uh, just kidding. I don't want to be held accountable. I want, yeah, yeah, I don't want that. I want the freedom to say as many bad jokes as I can. Right? You got it. All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, we hope you uh, go and check out our website at beyondsundaypodcast.com where you can find all of our episodes or... Uh, send us an email at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com and let us know how you would like to be held accountable by uh, Patrick. Yeah. I'll do that for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. And now, welcome to Advent. There it is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. In the church. It's the New Year in the church. You think I'm crazy. Listen (laughs) to this. this. (laughs) I'm a church nerd. I'm sorry. (laughs) Happy Year of Mark. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.